Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own sweet song. Wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red Live, love, love and be happy What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers Rain may glisten but still I listen for hours and hours I'm just a kid again doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along The home side were posh, but our performance was most uncouth. Welcome to Charlton Live. Uh, good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. I'm nursing a hangover after I went out to drown my sorrows after watching the addicts get heavily beaten up at London Road. Uh, the uh, yesterday four goals to one a playoff rival uh, you need a bit of grit and you need to show a bit of spirit in the race for the playoffs and unfortunately in that last 10 minutes in particular where we fell apart we didn't really show that so that was very worrying uh, in the studio this evening to talk about the game grand old man Charlton Live Mr Terry Smith how you doing <laughs> good evening fine I'm just googling uncouth uncouth yes I googled I it earlier just to make sure you know the amount of times I use words on the show thinking they mean one thing and they don't and they don't yeah. mean something else yeah, yeah. Uh, so I googled it and that does I use that excuse a lot actually. yeah it means messy and untidy and uh, yeah not good enough <laughs> um, uh, so yeah good to see you Terry and joining Terry, us uh, is uh, Nathan Munner how you doing Nathan? living the dream mate are you? why? no <laughs> that's a lie yeah <laughs> 
I he's a total liar. I bet there must be a day where you started regretting using that, that yeah. catchphrase when you, you first joined the show because, I mean, you, you're like a right idiot when you, you say that. I do, mate. Beaten you are aware there's a difference between a dream and a nightmare, aren't you? No, yeah. <laughs> but my, uh, my remote control took an absolute battering yesterday. Yeah. I ain't going to lie, yeah. I got yeah. to buy a new one. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, <laughs> another, obviously, and then the football didn't help. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously Charlton took a right battering yesterday uh, up at Peterborough. And as I said, we're going to hear uh, the highlights from that game in a few moments' time. We're also going to hear from Carl Robinson, uh, the Charlton Athletic Manager, spoke to us after the game. Um, we also want to hear from you guys. It's one of those shows where I've settled down this afternoon to think about the script, and all I've just written down is emails because I know you guys are going to write the script for us uh, this evening. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live you can head over to the Charlton Life Forum where there is a thread for tonight's show and you can comment on there as well if you want to get in contact with the studio to have your say on yesterday's performance um, it's a knock in our playoff hopes for sure uh, we're not out of the race yet of course because of our position our games in hand and whatnot. but if we play like that uh, particularly as I said in that last 10 minutes where we, where we really just gifted two goals uh, to the posh then we will be not making the playoffs and if we do get into them you're going to have to show a bit more battle than that so uh, let us know uh, what you'd um uh, what, what you thought of yesterday's game what you thought of the manager's reaction uh, how you feel our playoff chances are now after that result Terrell just before we, we go into to hearing those highlights you were there uh, it's your voice we're going to hear on those highlights in a few moments <laughs> oh time what did you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've, you've probably got it spot on with the, uh, the, the the capitulation in the last the last ten. I mean, it's a it's a strange game to, to commentate on, um, or, or just to watch. I mean, I'm sure the fans that were there will say the same thing. It, you know, it's you c- people are saying it wasn't a four-one game, and they're probably right. But you know, top sides don't get beat four-one regardless. Um, and there were times when we played some half-decent football. We got into right uh, uh, good positions. And then it just sort of petered out where it mattered. Um, and that was disappointing. And then we seemed to um, to get hit with a sucker punch, if you like. Because, I mean, Peterborough rarely threatened. They hit the post in one of their only ty- uh, forays mm. forward. And then just before the break, um, they got a bit lucky with a free kick. And there was a few of the uh, uh, suspicious free kicks uh, in the last five minutes of that first half. Um Specifically with Madison, who, who, who seemed to be on a, uh, on, there was a, he's operated from a button from the sideline, I think, uh, where he falls over. But um, won the free kick. We didn't deal with it, you know. The first, we dealt, sort of dealt with the first one, just, and then fell asleep when the second one came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that scenario happened again for the last three, you know, the next three, because you know you you think we seem to deal with something, uh, and then think I don't know whether it's a mental thing they would just think oh that's it job done and then they you know when it doesn't stay up the other end for half an hour and they hit us like the, if you remember the third goal I think it was Doyle who ran into the corner for them uh, we dealt with it cleared it uh, or no sorry we were, we were on the attack they cleared it and it was almost like well we've got the upper hand now we don't need to defend <laughs> and it's just bizarre and it sort of happened in slow motion we just watched them play and score and you know, you just can't get your head around it, and and it's a it's a sort of softness about us that makes us easy to beat. Yeah, right. We're going to go obviously into the game in more detail uh, after we hear the commentary highlights. It's some, sometimes it's painful to listen back to it, but I think it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Yeah, I, I think I think I think in a good way. It is good to hear the emotions of of Greg and and of course Terry uh, as they were going through the game to give you a real picture of how the game went yesterday. Madison is back on his feet and will look to try and whip this in. It's quite central. Look towards the far post. He does look for that far post and it's towards Hughes who heads it back in. It's off the line by McGuinness. 
and it's still in play as Ward on the left-hand side of the pounds here chips towards the far post and then coming in is Hughes and it's 1-0 Peterborough Charlton guilty of poor defending on two occasions the ball whipped back into the far post and you think it was Hughes the left-back who's able to tap home sucker punch for Charlton before half-time well we thought we'd got the first one covered when uh, the header back across the six-yard box a combination of McGuinness and Amos got that one clear but the second ball back across from exactly the same place we switch off and Hughes coming in at the fast stick easy, easy tapping really parried it to his right and now Charlton have to throw with Saar throws it in nice it's a poor one it's not well cleared it might come to Kai Kai it's deflected back off him McGuinness with the header up in the air oh, he's surely push. been pushed down in the penalty area he's give it yes and it's a penalty it. I think the linesman must have given that surely there was a push from McGuinness and the referee, the referee has referee it didn't do it straight away he didn't give it straight away it was a clear push in the back referee didn't give it so I don't know who gave it but it certainly wasn't the ref and the fourth official or the, the referee the assistant referee on the far side must have said something in his ear because it was in slow motion he definitely didn't give it straight away it's a terrible challenge the ball's up in the air for McGuinness and we could see it perfectly from where we were there was a clear it's a foul it's a foul apparently the query is why the rider referee didn't give it straight away and he he waited an age it's going to be Josh McGuinness Northern Irish striker to take for Charlton against Jonathan Bond McGuinness who was fouled for the penalty first penalty in what seems like an age McGuinness up against Bond waiting for the referee's whistle he's blown McGuinness right footed steps up goes a goal and puts it wide the keeper went the wrong way but McGuinness puts it past the post and it stays 1-0 here I thought that was going in I mean from the angle we've got behind it it looked like it was going in we put plenty of force on it sent the keeper the wrong way put it wide oh. not too much to say about that really is it the edge of the box and Forrest is able to clear and Ward will beat Solly for pace on the halfway line and Ward's got it Ward has brought it all the way forward into Charlton's half Ward's still with it cuts inside onto his right foot thinks about a shot instead goes right to Madison Madison will look to cut inside his effort and Sars pouring down and that's a penalty a blatant penalty as Madison running towards the penalty area and Navi Sard brings him down he doesn't need to and now Peter Again, I'm not, too I'm, I'm not sure there was a lot of contact, but Saar dived in. There's no complaints from any. No, because it's a penalty. Yeah, I mean, whether you, uh, the fact that he dived in and Madison's clever, he's going to use that training leg to go over. No question about it. Penalty given, and uh, yeah, you can't have an argument because when you go, when you do a challenge like that, you're asking for trouble. Whether he made contact or not, and I think there was minimal. Madison running at pace you just you thought he was going to cut inside into his left foot I think Naby Saar did as well he jinked back out to his right foot into the penalty here and Saar is that ball not on the penalty down Madison left foot he will step up for Peterborough goes and he scores no problems this time puts it to Amos's left or his right should I say into the left hand upright Charlton will need to come from 2-0 down after having a glorious opportunity to equalise moments before with a penalty of their own. How many saves has Bond had to make? I'm not saying that's against Charlton's 
and attacking prowess is more the case of we just not hit enough on the target not really worked him enough Reeves has uh, picked the ball up from the throws ball swinging in the box Charo with a header right and it's there Charo back in this what a Charo with his first goal for the club lovely crossfield ball by Reeves who picked it up off the throw and Charlton have a lifeline. Oh, what a header that is. The ball in from Reeves as well. Both of them have made a real difference since coming on for Charlton. Reeves with cut inside onto his left foot. Great ball in. Jaro just flicks it on, just helps it on. The pace on the cross was perfect from Reeves. Didn't need to put much power on the header, and he didn't. And it finds a far corner. Stepping inside now. Conza's trying to see him out. It's ball across the box, which Saar just about reads. Gets there first, clears it away. Straight to Reeves. Reeves, heavy touch. Can he go past his man? No, he can't. Not the second one anyway. And the ball pinged forward and Lloyd stayed forward. Can he keep it in? He can. Ball into the box. Six-yard box. Oh, oh. scored there. Finished by it. Marriott. When he had no chance at all, you thought. And two comical bits of defending for Charlton. Allowing Lloyd to get to that ball by the byline. And ball into the box. Should have been dealt with. Wasn't. Marriott turns. And gives Peterborough a 3-1 advantage. Oh, how on earth has that gone in, Terry? It's just comical defending from Charlton. Lloyd is scrambling to keep it in on the left-hand side. You know the cross is going to come in. How he's able to cross it, I just never know. The ball just coming to the centre. Marriott is able to turn and beat Samos' near post. It's poor defending from Charlton. And you think that's game over. Well, quick launch it forward and Marriott's there. Unfortunately, Ben Amos had read it and come to the edge of his penalty area to claim it. Finds Saar. Saar tries to go down the line. Cut out by Doherty towards Madison oh no that's Madison just threw himself to the floor then again that's for Peterborough in the area and finished the game off if it wasn't done so before it certainly is now again it's a foul by Naby Madison's gone, Madison's gone down way too easily didn't, it doesn't matter though there's an advantage oh yeah granted and it's just the defending again from that. First of all, allowed the ball to come in. Second of all, Marriott at the far post peeling off under no pressure, able to tap home from yards out. I think Charlton were just expecting the referee to blow up when yeah, Madison went down on Star. Made the most of it, of course he did. But like I said, Terry, even if it wasn't a foul or not, Peter still went on. Oh, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And it's four, and it's just abysmal from Charlton. It's a foot race, but there's the final whistle. Charlton succumbed to a 4-1 defeat here at the Abex. So there we go. Commentary highlights from Valley Pass of yesterday's heavy defeat against our playoff rivals. Um, in terms of a psychological blow when you're looking at a team that we've been you know, going toe-to-toe with in terms of league position so far this season and they're only a point and a place behind us beforehand, they've losing that, that heavily to them. You know, even if it was like it was a very even first half, but if you go, if you if you're the team that's on the end at the end of the game on the end of a four-one hiding, that's got to be a blow. Yeah, I mean, we said uh, we sat on Thursday and said um, I think that they need to win more than possibly we did. I mean, because um, obviously they needed to try and catch us up, um, which they obviously have. But we said game management would need to be be at our be at our forefront, and obviously we um, didn't manage to game at all, really. But um, yeah, it was a game of few chances. Obviously, I wasn't there, but um, obviously listened to Tell and Greg. And Sorry, they, no, <laughs> no, you know it, was, it is what it is, and it's it, yeah. And I'm just, I just we we're talking off air. I'm just worried we're going to let this slip. And you know, yeah, we've got two games in hand, but you've still got to win them. And the one's mm. on Tuesday, and one's against Shrewsbury, and we really need to buck up our ideas if we're 
going to try and get in the playoffs anyway. Yeah, obviously, the, the, there was uh, team news beforehand. We knew that we were going to be missing Jada Silva and Ahmed Kashi because of the injuries. So, Naby Sarr coming in at left back over Lewis Page was, was one decision that was made. Then there was the skipper coming into the defensive midfield rather than perhaps playing a rebo there and putting someone else in. Uh, in in the front three, so I mean, we we surprised by the decisions he made. Uh, Naby Sarr less well. Only the only uh, reason I was surprised with Naby Sarr is I didn't think he was fit. So I didn't think he was. Uh, you know, I didn't think he'd recovered from his injury. So that surprised me a little bit. But playing left back in itself doesn't surprise me. I thought he probably fell asleep for their first goal, um, but we all did. Uh, but that's Naby Sarr's man. But when you know, as a centre half, not naturally. Um, I guess uh, his position was uh, he'd been sucked into the centre a bit more, but. Um, the skipper coming in again doesn't really surprise me uh, as such, uh, because um, every time he's come in this season he's played okay, and and I think the stat was before <laughs> that before we hadn't that, actually yeah. lost while the skipper's played, um, and so no, I don't think either of the the, the, the decisions um, surprised me necessarily. I think I'd like to see obviously Reeves start and and a Rebo in a more natural midfield role. Uh, mm. So Reeves I think is a natural number ten, so it makes more sense to me to play play him there. And I'd like to see Marshall start, to yeah. be honest. Because uh, Marshall was dropped for Tariq Fossil on his return from injury exactly. as well. Well, we've got uh, Marshall now th- theoretically um, fit. Um, I know we've got Kai Kai, but I've, and this is nothing against Kai Kai, by the way, uh, particularly, but um, Marshall's one of ours. You know, We paid money for, for Mark Marshall. Uh, I think we're better defensively with Mark Marshall in there anyway. Um, and Chris Solly looks uh, far more assured with, with Mark Marshall in front of him. Uh, and uh, admittedly, we haven't seen the Mark Marshall that we saw, who played against us for Bradford. But I still think he offers enough, uh, and in my opinion, anyway, a little bit more than Kaikai has so far. So that disappointed me rather than surprised me, because mm. uh, you know, obviously, uh, they see something in Kaikai that, uh, that I mean, the first couple of minutes against Shrewsbury, he played really well, uh, and then went missing when he got kicked up in the air. So it, there's something there. But I'd still much rather have Mark Marshall play. Mm. Uh, I, I felt that the the first half really was very even. Um, I didn't really suggest to me at half time, even though we'd just gone one 0 down before, that we'd end up uh, beaten so so heavily. Um, and, and and we did have a couple of chances. I think we saw McGuinness had that that shot that was uh, fumbled by Bond, the goalkeeper. Um, and then Kai Kai couldn't really adjust his feet to either shoot or square it. For, I think it's forced to Kasky who sort of arrived into, into the penalty area. Um, you know, chances for them as well. We saw Bogle shot that hit the post, but it, it, you could, it, it did seem like two very evenly matched teams uh, in that in that first half in particular. And obviously, we, we we fell asleep for that goal just before half time. But when, when when the team is the teams are evenly matched, then it's it's probably going to come down to mistakes tactics or something that's that's going to change that game in in your in your favor and I think it was a mistake right just before half time that, that that cost us there uh you know going in behind at the break yeah we just didn't deal with the the, the second ball in <clears throat> and and I think you could say that about all uh, certainly three of the goals the penalty um maybe less so but certainly the the first goal and then the the, the third and fourth were all about us thinking the job's done, or us not concentrating on on them breaking into the, the third goal, especially not breaking in. The, you know, we sort of watched Doyle go and recl- reclaim the ball near the touchline, and then watched him cross the ball into the six-yard box and watched Marriott score. Uh, and then the uh, the fourth goal was all about everybody assumed that the referee's going to blow up to give the free kick against Nabisar, and nobody concentrates on doing their job. Mm. Uh, and then we're four-one down, and the first goal, nobody, everybody thought, "Oh, ball's cleared, job done." 
and nobody concentrates on the ball back in the box and there's people to mark you know mm. it's it's little things like that that we just don't seem to uh, to and it's it's not as if this it's an isolated case we've done it all season you know we've we've dropped concentration a lot where you know that you know losing leads in the last minute or or the Oxford game where we lost the whole game uh, in the last five or six minutes, so it, you know it's not as if it's an isolated case. Yeah, uh, there was some sort of controversy over the, the award of the free kick that did lead to the first goal. I think, um, uh, especially those around me felt uh, in, in the Charlton press contingent felt that uh, Madison was 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 going down a little bit too easily at, at times. Oh, he should have been booked ten minutes before that. It was an outrageous dive to try and win a free kick near the uh, edge of the penalty area, and the referee waved it away. Well, if it wasn't a free kick, then he should have booked him for diving. I, don't, I think maybe they think well it's not in the penalty box so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, and then he went down soft it was a challenge by Jason Pierce, just inside the halfway line actually um, it was just a case of uh, both of them following through on each other and the ref Madison went down rolling around and the referee d- decided to give it to Madison and that that it was soft because I think he could have given a free kick either way. Mm. I mean, I haven't seen it back, so I'm, you know, I'm prepared to be uh, told no, it was a definite foul. Mm. But from uh, instant reaction, I thought it was soft, and it was only just two players coming together. Because Madison knocked the ball past, so he actually shot from the off just in front, um, in front of the uh, centre circle, uh, and it went nowhere. And everybody was looking at the ball, and his follow through hit Jason Pierce. And the referee gave a free kick for it, and then that's how I read it in the first place. Whether or not that that actually is how it panned out, I don't know. But you know, free kick or not, and, and you know, he gave it. We should be we should be concentrating on it, and we cleared it. We, we know we've done the job, but all right, it was well, a bit McGinn, of a scramble. Yeah, headed the first bit from underneath the underneath crossbar, the crossbar. Yeah. We dealt with it. It was cleared away, and then we just didn't concentrate for the second one in the box. Yeah, and then so as you say, uh, Andrew Hughes there was the the man arriving at the far post, not the one that used to play for us <laughs> uh, to to tap it home. Uh, start of the second half, we did actually come out pretty lively at the start of that second half, and we, we saw a ball sort of flash across the face of guard from Kai Kai. Then we won two or three corners uh, in a row where there was, there was a penalty shout beforehand uh, uh, from one of them, I think, where the ball had come loose and someone like Piercy was about to have a shot and, and someone felt he might have been bundled over. We also saw from one of them a headed own goal attempt that, that flashed across the face of goal. Uh, and then it wasn't much longer after that where we had our penalty. And I've seen, I've seen some of the Peterborough fans on Twitter saying that they felt the McGuinness dive. But, I mean, quite clearly yeah, from where we were seeing, obvious push. the angle we had, there was, there was two hands in the back. No now, a lot of the talk... Uh, in the pub after the game was about the choice of uh, of penalty taker. I mean, it's easy to say that after, but I mean, if I'll be honest, the choice uh, that there was a little bit of talk when he was about to step up and say it. So well, I'm not sure because you know, for for everything that Josh brings to the team, and there is there are things he brings to the team as well. Finishing with his feet is not exactly one of them. <laughs> no, and I I tend to agree. I mean, bizarrely, he actually hit it really well, just not on target, obviously. Yeah. Um, sent the keeper the wrong way, it, and I thought it was in. I mean, it looked all the world to me that it was going in. Yeah, so did Ollie. Flashed. That's why he pressed the goal yeah, get know, out yeah. there, just didn't he? Flat, he was out there for a few it, seconds. It, it flashed past the left, the, the, the left hand post, and you just think, how did that not go in? But I wasn't because saying, oh, it should be Jackson. Uh, but the skipper hasn't taken a penalty for a while now, and that, that didn't surprise me. My natural inclination would have been forced Kasky, if I'm honest, mm. uh, to take a penalty. But maybe so that if Reeves had been on the pitch at that time, I would have felt he could have been a good one. Possibly as well, as well yeah. yeah. Um, but the strange thing, I, I don't know if you said it to you after after the game, Carl Robinson, he said all three of those players, Forstakowski, Jackson and McGuinness, had been ta- practising mm. penalties, which is strange for me. You should have one penalty taker, don't you, shouldn't you? Well, I guess it, in, the, in the case that McGuinness isn't on the pitch. I mean, if, it, if you had to pick a penalty taker, who, who would you feel <laughs> most confident with in our squad? I mean, Ollie was saying that apparently even Naby Sarr would be quite a good choice because he's Just apparently not a bad finisher. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, I mean, look, 
you know, I like, I like Josh, but um, like Absolutely. you said, um, he's not a, a finisher. He's not going to get 20 goals. I mean, in terms of a penalty, I mean, I would... Yeah, Ben Ben Reeves would have been up there, but on the pitch at that time, Jake or Jacko would have been my Jacko would have been my first pick. But like Tell said off air, you know he's not taken one for a while, and it's fair enough. But you'd think in a in a situation like that, I would have just put it on Jacko in a. But didn't Jacko go through a spate where he missed like two yeah. or three? Yeah, he had, he had a few, yeah. yeah. And, then and I did. think he's relinquished it since. Mm. Mm. Now, obviously, uh, uh, watching a penalty uh, get slapped wide isn't punishment enough for Charlton fans. <laughs> uh, two or three minutes later, we're down the other end, and then Naby Sarr's gone in on Madison now. I mean, it, we, we talked about Madison going down easily, but for me, I mean, the, the second that Naby Sarr's dived into that challenge on the edge of the box, you've got to shepherd a player when, when, when they've come into the box, surely, and just inviting uh, the chance for Madison to get taken out there and the referees to, to make that decision. Oh, no question. I mean, it. Um, I don't think there was much contact. The Madison's clever. He's, he's probably one of the best wingers in the, in the league. <clears throat> Saw the foot out that uh, was going nowhere near the ball either, and and used it. And you can't criticise him for that. I can criticise him for a lot of things he did yesterday, Madison. But that you you, you got to accept that. Mm. Uh, a, you know, and you give the reason for the pen- uh, referee to make that decision. Mm. Yeah, uh, and he obviously planted that that penalty firmly beyond Ben Amos in the attic goal. So we're two 0 down now. Then uh, I'd still like anybody to watch it. Actually, watch it online. I was convinced that ball was um, in front of the penalty spot. Really? Yeah. Well, get on the phone to the <laughs> FA. Let's get this game replayed. I'll send it on the comms. Get, get, take down a free one instead. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I'd like to know what everybody else thinks, not just me being yeah, stupid. I have to watch it back again. So, Carl uh, made some uh, decisive action after that. He decided to bring on uh, a couple of subs. Zyra and Reeves came on for Kai Kai McGuinness. Now, when the uh, substitutions went up, it was Josh McGuinness's name, that got, a number that got put up, and there was some sarcastic cheering uh, from the away end. But, I mean, Josh still clapped the fans, and, and, and we hear Carl talk about it later on in the interview. Now, I've always said I've never been a big fan of that, um, but you know, some fans do do feel like this. Obviously, obviously, it's their right to do it, and they decided to, to do that to Josh yesterday. I mean, what did you think about that, Tell? No, I don't like that at all. I mean, I'm, I'm in Nath. I, I, I like Josh McGuinness. I like what he brings. On, and I've been fortunate enough to, to to be able to speak to him on occasion, and and a genuinely nice fella. Um, and I think he um, he's a good player as well. Um, you don't get the international caps and the international recognition he has without being so having said that <clears throat> I don't think he's a goal scorer either I think he is a centre forward but there's always been a massive difference for me between one between the other he, he, he should be playing up there with somebody else mm. simple as that um, yeah. and I think it's uh, it's sad that, that he's taking the flack for our current tactical uh, choices mm. now when Zyro came on obviously we, we've only seen him in spurts this season five minutes here five minutes there and he's always looked pretty unfit to be fair but apparently he's had a good couple of weeks in training and I thought he really he really started to look the part yesterday One, uh, there was a nice little drop of the shoulder just outside the penalty area where he won the free kick uh, that Jackson I think put over the bar um, and then he was involved with that, that huge chance for Fosu he dug across out on that right hand side as we were looking at it and uh, I mean that's a horrible miss from Fosu heading it wide from about five six yards I out and I, just, still, I still don't know how he did yeah. it I just wanted to fall to I mean if Josh McGuinness was there ironically I think I, you would have fancied him to have scored that well I, that's the one thing I did agree with Carl Robinson well no, there's a few things I agree with Carl Robinson but that in particular where um, uh, what Josh McGuinness does do is he spends a lot of time running and, and chasing balls and, and doing things a bit like Aaron Elson used to in outside the penalty area uh, and when you're playing one up front that's not where you want to be you want to be just really fairly central uh, but that's not his game uh, he, he pursues lost causes he runs into the channels and, and picks up pulls so um yeah, uh, you'd love McGuinness to have been in centre or Gyro, to be fair. Mm. But um, as it turned out, it was Tariq, and uh, yeah, it was, it was almost like he, he he met the header too quickly, 
and so his head was already past the ball when it made contact and that's why it came off the right side of it instead mm. of full on then we did see the goals the two substitutes combining to, to make it a wonderful ball in from a uh, from Ben Reeves and there was uh, uh, Zyro and it's a great header I mean yes. I was just, just watching the, the, the highlights again during the well, while we were playing the audio highlights there and he, he had to climb in between two defenders and just got the, the little skimmy contact onto it to, to guide it past I mean in terms of morale for, for him though I mean that, that could be big for us a, a, a goal scoring striker you know getting off the mark now <laughs> oh yeah definitely I mean he was a good like you said it was a good goal he used the pace of the ball which was um, which was a great little header and I mean, yeah, Zyro, every time I've seen him, he's looked rusty, but, um, but obviously by the accounts of obviously what Telsan, obviously what he's saying, he's, he's getting better, but he's only going to get fitter and sharper by giving him game time. And gladly, you know, gladly for us, he scored yesterday. And yeah, like you say, hopefully he can, hmm. can, he can really push Josh now if yeah. he's going to get in there. So. Well, and one thing I'd, I'd like to comment as well, and, and Greg made this uh, comment uh, or observation yesterday, more so than me, but if you consider, and you were there, Louis and anybody else who was there the deliveries into the box from Peterborough from the likes of Madison and, uh, yeah. and, and others not set just him, pieces and, and set pieces were superb yeah. in comparison to ours which until that Reeves cross winning were pretty awful our, our set pieces in particular have been pretty mm. naff all season yeah. it seems like to me and that's I mean, that's a huge problem uh, for us but every delivery that Peterborough yeah. put in the box was dangerous mm. every single one whereas every delivery we put in the box either didn't it beat the first man or went aimlessly over everybody uh, and uh, that's not a criticism of one particular player. It's pretty much everybody mm. were doing it, and it, it, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. The one decent cross into the box and delivery into the box. Gyro's in the middle, head a goal. Yeah. Um, we did actually have a half chance, although the, the flag did go up against Naby Saad after we'd made it two one, yeah. where he went through. Imagine you seeing Naby Saad marauding from Pele. the left back position <laughs> into in, into scoring, but I think his shot was blocked anyway, and, he, and, he, and the flag did go up. And then, uh, as I said, that that last sort of um, ten minutes, we conceded twice in, in, in a. You know, in the space of three minutes, really, in the first goal. Now the, we've just about dealt with the first one. Ben Reeves is trying to get out. I mean, uh, I've seen some people suggesting he might he may have um, you know, bottled the challenge that, that gave away possession. I mean, you, you said you felt I thought it failed, and the re- the, the, there was a conversation that he had with the referee who said he was playing on. He made that sort of um, uh, we indication. Did, but we didn't have the ball. Like, no, but well, yeah. Reeves had the ball, and, and then or it looked like he was going to get the ball. And went round one player who sort of balked him. Let's say, let's say he balked him. Now, the referee made the impression to Reeves that he was playing on, which I don't get at all, mm. <laughs> because he clearly found a lot and, and then didn't get to the second ball because he was too far away from him. I don't want to say bottled the challenge, I just don't think he was in a position to get there. Mm. Uh, and from that moment forward, they went up, back up the other way and we watched them score. Yeah. Um, but I'd still, again, I'm wondering whether everybody stopped because they thought the referee was going to give a foul, mm. which is criminal if it's true well that certainly seemed to happen on the on the fourth goal I mean, it's Marriott who got that that third and fourth goals he's 26th and 27th of the season for, for Peterborough and we'll hear Carl, Carl says that if we, if we add his goals then we'd be in the top two I think I said the same on Thursday actually we, we'd, we'd certainly said that, be more comfortable would, we, would he get the delivery <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point um, or, or well and if he was playing for us he also wouldn't get the opportunity to play he'd, against be, playing the, he'd be playing in the centre circle yeah, he also wouldn't get the opportunity to play against the defence that's going to give him <laughs> two uh, easy goals right. at, the, at the end of the game as well um, so I mean uh, Worrying about, like I say, that I mean, I, I felt really disappointed with the way we capitulated in that last minute. So, we can argue we're going to be pushing up to try and get a goal and, and, and whatnot, but you know, once you've gone 3 1 down and the game's pretty much over, you don't expect to be conceding the four three minutes later in, in the manner that we did. It was a again, Naby Sar trying to foul, I think it was Madison on that right hand side. The referee ended up playing on um, and the crossover to the far post, and that was really completely unmarked, Marriott. 
Yeah, again, I didn't think it was a foul. I think uh, Nabisar came over, again, slightly naively, uh, um, allowed Madison to sort of leap over him and, and roll around. Uh, but we stopped. We expected the referee to blow it, blow the whistle, uh, and we stopped and watched him score. I actually thought Mar- uh, Marriott might have been offside when he actually headed it into the box, but he headed it from his boot laces. He, he was on the floor pretty much when he finished mm. it. Uh, but again, we just allowed the cross to go in and watched him score. It was... Um, yeah, I, I, it, it's difficult to, to, to stomach when you just see goals like that, which should be avoidable and should be dealt with, and they're not. Yeah, so, I mean, again, hugely disappointing day. We've got to now put it into the context of a season, ridiculously considering the run we've been on and the run that Peterborough had been on. That's only their third win now since since the turn of the year in, in League One. Um, both of us are still very much within playoff uh, the, the playoff race, playoff contention, if you will, because of our, you know, particularly us with our games in hand and the position we're in, we're still in that playoff race. But obviously, now the last couple of games where we've been completely outplayed by Shrewsbury, uh, we've gone to Peterborough and, and competed fairly evenly with them for a while, but then ended up, you know, not being clinical enough, as we've seen time and time again this season. In terms of the playoff race, I mean, we're still in it, but that's a, that, that feels like a major blow to confidence for me. Yeah, no, it does, and it's a. It's a case now of we've got to show that we want it, you know, because we've put ourselves, we worked hard and we've, we went through a stage of the injuries in Christmas, which was bad. And it was that good start, which kept us in the race and went through a bit of a lull and then we've picked it up again. And it just seems now we're fading away a little bit again at the the time where we don't really need to be doing it with, with these games in hand. So, um, but yeah, hopefully it's not too much of a, you know, downer on, on all the players, but Obviously, we need to get back to what we were good at and just try. We've been saying it all year about our, we weren't ain't been ruthless enough in front of goal, and, and obviously it was again yesterday. But we we got to just we can't do really do much more than just focus on Tuesday and just win because we were saying off air the next two games are absolutely massive now. Mm. Right, I think it's time to hear from Carl Robinson, the Charlton Athletic Manager, uh, came to speak to myself, to Richard Corley, to Jake, and to Clive. Uh, after the game don't forget though if you want to have your say you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk our inbox is already brimming uh, but if you want to have your say make sure you get that one in otherwise you can tweet us at Charlton Live or head over to the Charlton Live forum there's a thread on there for tonight's show that's got plenty of comments on it as well this is what Carl Robinson had to say after yesterday's 4-1 defeat up at London Road Carl 4-1 defeat here at Peterborough what did you make of today's I game? I was 4-1 but I do their strikes were better than ours today their forward players were better than ours Thought we were the better team in, in the middle of the pitch. Um, by many times I've said this to you, um, but we didn't take our chances. We didn't look ruthless enough. When we come across people, we don't get shots off or we don't go down and get a foul. Um, you know what I mean by that? Um, and and we tried to, so Reeves has tried to stay in his feet for the third goal. Uh, and if he goes down, he gets it. Uh, Tariq comes inside and gets pushed and tries to stay on his feet. But listen, you, you nip it. Thing. The most important thing is we didn't take our chances. That's it. That is the whole crux of the game. That's yes. where you're defined on. That, that penalty miss early in the second half from Josh McGuinness, you must really rue that today. Yeah, he's dev- devastated in there. Listen, no one can ever question Josh McGuinness's work ethic. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, week in, week out. Um, but he's missed the penalty today, and, and that's what a lot of strikers do. It's strange, yesterday, there was Johnny Jackson, there was Jay Forstakowski, and Josh McGuinness practising penalties yesterday. And Jacko said, we've only had one penalty this season. That was against Peterborough. Um, so they practice them, and you can't do any more than practice them the day before. And then immediately Peterborough go down the other end, and the penalty given against Naby Sar for the foul. Did you think that was a penalty? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. That was one of the ones that you got to give him. 
uh, as Charlton had their lifeline as, as they tried to come back into the game but they, they weren't really able to build on that after that well we did we had a chance just after that with Naby Shah from a clear header from four yards out from a corner that goes in it's too old and, and, it's, and, and it's game on again but again we're ruining missed opportunities I don't think there's any, I could be wrong but I don't really recall Ben having to make many saves I think it was almost five shots on target and four goals I think we had way more shots we didn't hit the targets enough but we had clear cut chances today I watch Marriott a lot I think he's a top striker let's put this one there 25 goals he's on now 27. 27 put that on our team we'll be in the top two that's the difference that is the difference that's the way it is in the moment We'll see those two goals in the last 10 minutes gave it quite a lopsided field of scoreline. I mean, do you think that yeah. was deserved overall? No, not at all. Not at all, no. And in terms of um, morale, because obviously that's a, a playoff rival now that, that's beaten you quite heavily in the end. Yeah, but then you go and win on uh, on Tuesday and you're one point out of the playoffs. Win the next two, you'll probably end up in the playoffs. This time next week, we could be speaking, and we could be, but you've got to win the two. And that's as simple as that. This time of year, you can't rue what's gone immediately you've got to look at the next one got a difficult trip away to Blackpool obviously and then another two, a game at home on the Saturday um, but that's that's it now that's gone um, I said to you that these are games that you've got to look to win we never or at least take a point and then look to win maybe the next two that would have been a perfect week seven points out of the week we can only get now a maximum of six and I think we need to get that um, and we we go away now we, we dust ourselves off if you play like that and you take your chances you win just completely forget systems. People can talk about systems. It annoys me, frustrates me. We play, we play with three strikers today in some ways, but Shirley's a striker. Tariq's a high striker. You've got Josh as a striker. Play three of them up there. We went to 4 2 3 1 towards the end with, um, with Nicky in, in the hole causing problems, but Michael staying up front on his own. Um, and we look more of a threat in some ways in the 4 2 3 1 system today. But we, we denied space. I, I honestly, I watched these plays so many times, and the amount of chances that Peterborough creates is phenomenal. And today, even the first goal took a deflection and went through Ben's legs. The third one went took a deflection and went through Ben's legs. So you, you, you look at it in the penalty. It was, it was a penalty. You got to, you got to credit that to him. But they are ruthless in between the posts, and that is a difference today. And what do you say to the players after the game? Is it a case of trying to move on now with another game coming up at Blackpool so quickly? Yeah, I just said to him, if you don't think you can achieve it, Lee, tell me now. If you don't believe, just go home and don't bother. You can have you can have the next what is it? You can have the next six weeks off. Not a problem. Pay you. I'll pay you. Well, I won't pay you, but we'll pay you. We'll pay you if you don't think you can achieve it. And go and sit around for the next seven weeks, and then go and sit around for the whole summer, see you in pre-season. It's as simple as that. If you don't think you can achieve something, don't be bothered being around me and being negative. Don't be bothered being around the players and being negative. And that's as cold as you've got to be, unfortunately, this time of year. In terms of ruthlessness, yeah. what do you what do you do about what do you do about that? Because you're talking about a goal scorer in Marriott who scored a lot of goals. How, how Buy one in January. Yeah. Buy one in January. Yeah. Buy one in the summer. Yeah. So, I've told you. There you go. Go yeah. and buy one. Yeah. But in terms of that, how do you how do, how do you um, how, how do you solve it in the short term? Listen, Mike, Michael is getting fitter. We believe Michael's a good player. Um, he's not played for a long, long time, and we 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 said to him on uh, even yesterday, this last ten days has been Michael's best ten days training with us. He's getting there slowly. He's getting fitter. He's getting stronger, and he's pushing for the start anyway. Yeah. Listen, he's not come off the bench recently. We put him on the bench. We put him on today first because we knew he can be a threat. He's looked a threat in training. Um, Stephen Mavidi will be a few weeks away. 
So you're starting to talk about better players getting fitter in some ways. And we've got a decision to make who plays and who doesn't play. Yeah. You switched it around, obviously, taking Josh off, well, making a double sub, didn't you, yeah. to bring Mikel on and playing him as a centre forward. Yeah. That's his best, best um, position. Yeah, I haven't watched well, him now quite a bit. Yeah, listen, he, yeah, it is his best position. So we signed him, but we, we signed him a little bit unfit, as you well know. Yeah. Um, Reeves great, a great ball from Reeves in. Uh, Reeves again shows his quality in, in that. Uh, his assists and goals, the minutes ratio is, is high always. Um, and now Michael's off the mark. Hopefully we can move forward. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the first time that you've subbed off uh, Josh this season. Uh, what was the thinking behind that? Was it just because of the penalty miss? Might have still I just felt that. He, but what the problem is when you when you when you're searching for the goal so much, sometimes you run around like a, like a lunatic and you end up running. He was running to where the corner flag was. He was running back to try and to try and replicate that. I didn't need that that particular time. I needed him to be a little bit more selfish and stay in between the posts. Maybe that's the thing. Josh needs to think more about himself scoring goals rather than maybe doing too much running for the team. We had a quiz. We think he's the second or second or third most distance covered in the whole team. Um, I'd much rather have lose some of that and had goals on and that might be something that he would look for we knew Michael would stay up front we knew he'd stay in between the boxes and we knew if he got a chance we've been seeing him in training take his opportunity when they come along Yeah, and um, I'm not sure if you heard this but um, when, when Josh was subbed off he was jeered by a few Charlton fans yeah, but he clapped them Yeah, and, and I'm glad of that because fans have an opinion on us as, as, as within this profession, whether that's as a manager or as a player, fans will always have an opinion, mm. and we respect we, we we respect what they think, because um, that's their right to, to judge. Um, but it still doesn't mean that you don't th- thank you for coming to support and, and to giving them a clap. I thought it just showed the type of man that Josh McGuinness is by the class that he's shown by mm. clapping them, yeah. and, and that's a sign of, of who he is as a person. Okay, yeah, we, we, we all want him to score goals and we all want him to, to do what we all see top strikers do. But that's just not falling from this moment in time. <clears throat> I've got tremendous faith in him as a person. He's a top, top man. But he looked a little bit, his shoulders rounded off a little bit. He was running around all over the place. And unfortunately, you see Marriott, he stays in between the goalposts. And when it comes along, he takes his opportunity. And that's, that's the reason why I subbed him. Yeah. Do you think Josh is so desperate to score that that's why his head drops and maybe... He's so, listen, if you know Josh is a person, he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Yeah. Um, I know how much he cares and wants to be successful at the football club, um, but for whatever reason, it's just not to be at this moment in time. But you've got to take that uh, You've got to take that as a positive in relation to the type of person it is. Mm. But realistically, you get to judge on how many goals he's got as a striker, mm. um, and that's the be-all and end-all of it. And I think he's got to learn to be a little bit more selfish, and he's got to make sure that he works hard. I back him 100%. Um, and I know he'll work hard I know he'll do everything he possibly can he was devastated in there for missing a penalty but like I say there's been players miss penalties and, and, and better players with all due respect to Josh McGuinness have missed penalties in bigger games than this um, and, that, and that's just part and parcel of the industry um, I never once thought their player would miss uh, for, 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 it's almost like one of them sorts of scenarios where they get a penalty and you know he's going to score um, but like I say what can he do anymore he practised yesterday there was Johnny practising him there was Jake practising him and there was Josh practising him my information was to them you sort out whoever she was confident on that day you take that penalty um, because you've all practised You've all. it's not a case of you've not done anything and now you just you fancy it because of whatever reason um, and it just wasn't to be there was talk of a fitness issue with uh, Josh was... yeah he had, a, he had a neural hamstring <coughs> problem on Tuesday um, and obviously we got to eat back and Jake back and train on Thursday afternoon um, and Josh, Josh was a neuro when he went in from training on Tuesday uh, he got treatment on it it was just a neuro thing just from his back really just going down his hamstring but he trained fine on Thursday um, he trained yesterday so that's, you can't use that as an excuse that he was fine Are you tempted to play Zaro from the off or is he, is he not ready? The team's already been picked for Tuesday nothing to do today we knew exactly what team we were going to play Tuesday and that will not change I know you can't stand.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jada Silva and now forced to Kasky looking to whip the ball in and he does and it's a really dangerous ball all the oh, way across and Get it's in, in there come on it's super come Josh on. McGuinness who has put on two goals in front they've been looking for that second goal they haven't really had many chances apart from the Aribo strike early in the second half the Charlton have doubled their lead Welcome back. This is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Thank you to Carl Robinson there uh, for speaking to us yesterday. Um, interesting. I mean, there's plenty of stuff to go on, as always, in, in Carl's interview. But we'll pick it up right at the end there, because uh, Clive asked him about uh, Michael Zyro, uh, about whether he's likely to, or whether he's pushing for a start now. And now, uh, Carl pretty much went straight to, um, uh, he, he said the team's already been picked for, for Tuesday, before today, uh, and it's not based on the, on the performance as such. Uh, of of yesterday's game now, so I tweeted that quote out earlier because I found it interesting because I was wondering whether that means he is going to play Zyro or he isn't. Yeah, I mean that's that that's I've taken it as that he starts Zyro because the way I read it, I could be completely wrong. But he said um, he's picked the team and it's nothing to do with performance because I think if he st- if he if he didn't say that and then started Zyro, it would be like oh he's dropped Josh because he missed a penalty. That's the way I've read it, and I, I, I think Zyra will play, but then... On the other end, you can look you at... Think, yeah. Well, I, I think you can look at it both ways. You could say that uh, there's... Everybody will say, well, why didn't you start Zyra mm-hmm. uh, on Tuesday? Well, the team was already picked before before what went on. Went on. Oh, yeah, true. So, I, <laughs> I, I get both ways, but, uh, you know, um, I still find it slightly strange that the team was picked beforehand because, mm. uh, obviously, um, injuries and what have you can uh, play their part. And uh, there may be some people struggling with fitness by by Tuesday. I don't mm. know, but um, uh, yeah, it could mean either way. I'd I'd like to see Zara start. We not, I'd like to see genuinely see what he can do. He's a great header, and and yeah. he actually I thought he played quite well when he came on. Yeah, so, so. I've just thought he's, 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 that's the first time really he's at the part yesterday uh, when he came on. And Derek Street because I, I tweeted that quote about Zara out from my own account earlier on this afternoon. Um, and Derek Street said, "So is the side being picked uh, on fitness stats rather than performance?" And the, when 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 the the team is supposedly picked that far in advance for a game before another game's happened, that I am thinking right, they're they're taking a lot of 
into account minutes, basically. Mm. What minutes, who's played what, how they're going to spread these minutes around the team. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, I think, I think Robbo's already he's said a number of times he talks about red zones and stuff, doesn't mm. he? So I think with minutes in the belt, I mean, because we've obviously got a game on Saturday as well, and then we've obviously got um, Plymouth at home the following week. So he's probably got a bit of an eye that we've got a home game on Saturday. Is it time for someone else to get some minutes in there? Um, but yeah, I, I think it might be done on fitness, but who knows? He might he might play exactly the same team. We don't know, <laughs> but that's the beauty of it, I suppose. I'd, I'd be surprised to see Jacko playing Tuesday. Yeah, if I'm honest, yeah. uh, maybe even Souls, Chris Solly, you know, it'll be like, a heavy old pitch up there as well, isn't as well, it? Yeah. Like, almost certainly. So, mm. um, uh, it, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to know what people think the side's going to be. because yeah. uh, I'm struggling, if yeah. I'm honest. Uh, we were talking before and they said maybe Konza goes right back if, if Solly can't play um, the two games on a heavy pitch and that's a possibility as well mm. does Konza or do they play Solly and put Konza in midfield to allow Rebo to drop into midfield Rebo might not play at all it's, mm. it's a real well, tough one to pick coming at right yeah, exactly. back so many possibilities mm. if the pick uh, the, the, the pick is on fitness Mm. then it, it opens up a whole different uh, team that it could be. Yeah, well, tweet us in, uh, as Tell said there. What, what, how do you think we should set up on Tuesday up at, up at Blackpool? Uh, it's a must-win game, for sure. And we'll, we'll, if we get time, we'll, uh, we'll preview it at the end of tonight's show. Now, the other question there was, uh, uh, you know, Carl mentioned about how they have a 27-goal season so far striker uh, in, in uh, Marriott, and we don't. And he said, that's the difference. So, so Richard said, well, what, what, what do you do about that? And Carl uh, Cole came out and said we well, got to buy one, buy one in January, buy one in the summer. But then Richard quite rightly said, "Well, what do you do between now and the end of the season? Because it's too late for that now, and we're in the playoff race here." Um, in fact, Rodders uh, said on the um, on the forum, he said, uh, "Robertson's clueless after that. Buy one in the summer, buy one in the winter. It's not as simple as that. Either the players aren't good enough, or the manager can't motivate or get anything out of them. Apart from." Uh, the five uh, minutes at home to Shrewsbury, we were awful and clueless for 85 minutes of that game, uh, and we conceded four too easily and never looked like scoring uh, yesterday. So, I mean, because there, there is what what do we do between now and the end of the season to make sure that our strikers and our midfielders start scoring enough goals again? That's the magical question. Now. I mean, I mean, it's the you I, know the answer, Nathan. Tell us all. Well, I mean, I, I would. Start, it's never going to happen. But I'd, I'd go with. I'd play Jose with Josh. I'd try that. I really would. I don't see why we wouldn't try it. I think, yeah, the four-two-three-one is the way of playing. But if, we all know that Jose can score goals. Yeah, and he might not have been. He's not been his best here, but he's not. He's not going to play up top on his own. He's not an outside forward. He's not going to play out wide. Why don't you give him a go? Either the Fleetwood game, maybe. But just play two up top, see how you go. What's the worst that can happen? Mm. That's what I would do, personally. Because I think when we play Josh sometimes, we go, when we just go up, when we go to him, there's not enough people around him. There's not enough people around him to try and support him. And I just think he's so isolated up there sometimes. I'd actually I'd, go one further. Now. I'd agree with you, by the way. Now. I'd go one further. Now. I'd only play three at the back as well. We got uh, we got centre halves that uh, that can play left and right side. Uh, we got good centre halves, I think. So uh, play the three at the back, put five in midfield because I, I do think we get we get overrun in midfield too often. Put five in the midfield that then can support the two up front as well. Um, why not? Well, you were talking about your painted free 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 one formation one, one, two, the two, other day. So you deviated from that slightly, but you no, do, no, no, yeah. oh yeah, but, uh, but the, you do the, like the idea of three at the back. Yeah, yeah. I mean the three. The, the, what the, the reason I mentioned three three is because you, you have the the three sort of central midfielders. One of them has to be a holding one, um, and then the two in front of him. But then two natural wide players outside of that, mm. and, and that's that's where I was coming from with that. I just think we've got that sort of. Um, 
squad that can that can work in mm. personally mm. alright Silav on the forum said does anyone care anymore Charlton Robertson Murray at all they're all becoming a bit predictable and a bit boring uh, and CFGS said it's a tad poo at the moment despite the uh, odd slight upturn this club is still in decline and will be until a positive owner takes over and engages with the supporters I'm wondering whether there's there's more to that than meets the eye in, in that respect because there's so much uh, ifs buts and maybes going on and, and everybody thinks it's close whether it is or not is another matter entirely, mm. but everybody seems to think it is, and I'm wondering if that's rubbing off, because there's a whole level of uncertainty. Should uh, uh, new owners come in this part time of the season, do they let it drift off? If they, let's say they do in a couple of weeks, do they just let the team drift into the end of the season, or do they try and take positive action now uh, in preparation for next season, which means um, potential manager change? Potential coaching change, potential player change. Right, your contract's not going to be renewed. Yours, 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 yours. Forget it. You know, is there an uncertainty around the the, the playing side of the club that they're not sure what's going on, and that might be affecting what's going on on the pitch? Who knows? H yeah. and G on the forum says, "I just don't see a team playing for their manager at the moment. Can anyone genuinely see us making the playoffs? They look uh, bereft of ideas, belief, and enthusiasm. Peterborough were no great shakes yesterday either. Uh, they just wanted it that bit more than us, and the desire meant they won the key battles when it mattered. I'd love to be wrong." Uh, as I like Carl Robinson, but I can only see this season petering out after watching the last few performances. Uh, Shirty says that Robinson's got more rabbit than Sainsbury's. Do they still sell <laughs> rabbit at Sainsbury's? No, it's, yeah. a, it's a song. Yeah, oh. But did they, I mean, have you ever eaten rabbit, Tom? Yes, but not from Sainsbury's. No? It's a Chaz and Dave song, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Right, um, let's have a look at the <laughs> tweets that, that came in. Now, this song came in from London in it Giza earlier on this afternoon. He said, somebody at Charlton Live, tell me what Kai Kai brings to the team that like our own... <laughs> Carl and Ahone Grant doesn't. Well, I mentioned it earlier. I'd, I'd agree. And by the way, Mike, I apologise. You sent me a tweet yesterday, and I'd, I'd already said that I was going into hibernation um, <laughs> and getting drunk, and I was and did. So I apologise for not answering. Um, I, I agree. Uh, I'd actually. I mentioned it earlier about Mark Marshall. I'd have played Mark Marshall instead of Kaiko, and, mm. and I, I tend to agree. I, I get Carl and going away because I think he needed a confidence boost, and, and scoring goals will give him that. Bring it back now, because <laughs> he's, he's he's been scoring goals, mm. so his confidence is up. Bring it back. Mm. Uh, so uh, Dan's just tweeted in saying he said that Nathan is spot on about playing two up uh, up top uh, at home. Right, James Monyard said uh, I wasn't at the game. I didn't follow it on Twitter as normal. What I think though is that we can't continue to drop points so easily. Their strikers uh, were better than ours apparently. Robbo plays Josh week in week out. Change it up a bit. It's also predictable. I'm losing my patience with Robbo too. He talks a good game but isn't delivering. We always start uh, in the same formation. We need to change it up. Be more unpredictable. Josh needs a rest and 4-4-2 is a must. This league is so poor we st- we could still make the playoffs uh, but it's uh, in the players' hands. Up to them. Something needs to change though uh, as we can't lose to the other playoff side so easily as we have. Do you know I, get, I, get, and, and I, I agree with that by the way and I think the reason ever is he more frustrated than normal. I mean, we all get frustrated when we lose. Uh, but we look at the team we've got and the squad we've got, and we have got good players. It's not as if we've got like a team full of donkeys. There's a few might <laughs> might disagree with a couple of those, but generally speaking, I think we've got a good side and a good squad. And so that's the added frustration why we're not uh, punching above uh, where we are now. Mm. And this, uh, uh, I, I, I can't remember who tweeted in, but this is a poor league. I mean, we've won what? What did I say? We've won six in twenty. Yeah, yeah and, we're and, and we're still well in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's just shocking. Bradford and the Posh themselves have gone through very similar runs, and no one 
other than Plymouth now, has really seemed to have caught up with us. It's, it's just bizarre that we're still in this playoff race. Well, I mean, and, and it's, it's not like we were top with with 100 points yeah. or something before mm. that run either. And somebody tweeted in and said, "If you know, we're not going, we're not going to make the playoffs playing like that." And I agree, actually. Play yesterday, we got no chance. Mm. But then you look three games we had a win against MK Dons away from home. And you think, well, actually, maybe. And then you go back a bit further and beat them all solely a three-one. You think, actually, if we play like that, yeah. <laughs> but then we go and play absolute tosh for two, three games on the trot, and you think, no, maybe not. Mm. Uh, I heard our, our, they, they, they talked about Charlton on BBC London because they had Carl on early on yesterday, and they had Sammy Park in one of the um, uh, you know the pundits earlier on, and described our form throughout this season as streaky. We go through a couple of good games, then we have a couple of bad games, and that's how it's been all season. Really, we're so inconsistent, which is it's just bizarre because we know we've got performances in us, but too often we get on little runs that aren't aren't helping us. With the bacon of League One. The bacon, streaky bacon. I had uh, some streaky bacon yesterday at well, King's Cross, yeah, so before the game. So that's clearly <laughs> All bad the top luck. news here on Charlton Live. Dan also tweeted in earlier saying, Not once did the so called manager mention our poor defending, but we played well in the middle of the pitch, so that's okay. Talks utter poo emoji. Um, uh, thanks for your, your tweets in there, Dan. Rocco Dogliani says, uh, I've backed Robertson up until now for the amazing work he's done with no money and Slade's transfers, but recently he's been tactically awful and rather have Jacko or Boya in charge for the rest of the season because we're going up. Uh, sorry, because we're not going up or down. Actually, um, on that note, and uh, this was the, the, the tweet that uh, London Gears and Mike sent me, um, said he thinks that... Uh, <clears throat> or there was. Uh, it's been said that um, Robinson gets a has got a fairly easy ride from the press generally. Uh, when you consider what uh, what he's brought to the table and what the previous network managers got when they were on similar runs, and and it's a sort of fair point, and I get it. But I think mainly because he did quite well and did do very well, in fact, over that period where everybody thought we were going to plummet with the injuries and and the way the takeover was happening and the refusal of of uh, to sign anybody. Uh, to, so to be still in the hunt, despite all that, I think he's got uh, he's got a bit of leeway as a result mm. of that. So I tend to agree that he has maybe got a bit of a, a, a softer ride compared to previous managers. But then I actually think he's the best manager we've had probably for a while. Yeah. Uh, when you consider that the bar's been pre- set pretty low. And, and again, to uh, go, referring back to this chat they had on BBC Radio London before yesterday's game, about two o'clock. Now, obviously, we're all very emotional about the subject. Take the emotion away, and you you, you hear from, like I say, Sammy Parkin and Phil Parry, who are professional journalists, but they obviously take the step back. They're not Charlton fans, uh, and they both said they felt that Carl was doing quite a good job considering everything that's yeah, going on. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting to see how perhaps outsiders m- might uh, might might see that. Martin says, uh, "Utter drivel from Robinson. I can't defend him here. Four-one speaks volumes." Uh, Teddy Boy wasn't at the game yesterday so it's difficult to comment I find it hard to believe we dominated in midfield as we have rarely done that this season that's uh, one of our big problems I mean particularly in that first half we did have a lot of the ball and we we did did, move it around nicely in the middle of the pitch they they didn't bother us in midfield at all in that first half Um, and the the chances they got were a couple of long balls down the line Uh, their best player by country miles Madison and when they used him uh, in the first half uh, down the right wing we um we had to play well to deal with it. And, and I thought Nebisar up to, especially in the first half, for the most part dealt with it and dealt with it quite well. Um, and the two chances they had came from um, that side and the ball into, I think the, the first one was Bogle, I think we had the shot there at the post. It took a deflection at the post. Up to that point, I can't remember when it was, but it could, I don't think it was uh, that far before they scored. So I think it was in the last sort of 10 minutes. They hadn't troubled us at all. And so we had controlled the game. 
but without also looking really like we were going to score either. Mm. Uh, Charlton Exile says, yes, Carl, they scored four and we didn't, rather stating uh, the bleeding obvious there when he's all about how the, their strikers uh, were better than us. Now, Sarah uh, said, it wasn't great that Josh missed the penalty, but he needs a chance to prove his worth uh, by KR giving him support up front. I hope the rest of the players turn up on Tuesday. Come on, Charlton. I'm trying to keep the faith, but it's getting harder uh, and lost confidence in Carl Robinson. He can go now, I mean, I've seen that we've seen a little bit of that. I think someone's tweeted us in a um, a poll, which I'll, I'll dig out in a second. Uh, in fact, here we go, red and white, uh, 1905. Uh, he just asked, um, "Is Carlton the man to take our club forward once the takeover happens?" Uh, and from his, he got nearly 400 votes, so it's a reasonable sample there. And he, uh, 59% yes and 41% no. I think that's down to mm. the, the fact that I think a lot of people would like to see Carl Robinson with backing. And stability, and stability well would needed. yeah. What would what would be the outcome? Um, plus the fact, who else? You know, um, a lot of people have mentioned. I, I, I listened Nathan to you, Jones, listened to you yeah. show the other day. Mm. Nathan Jones uh, is a possibility. Would he want to leave uh, Luton at the moment because he's flying high with Luton? Would he want to stay there and, and, and see that through? Is a possibility, and it's still uh, untrained at this level, <clears throat> at least. Um, or do you stick with Carl Robinson in in the process of bringing um, Johnny Jackson through as a as a potential future manager? There are a few ifs and buts, but outside of that, I'd be worried that we just get a, a journeyman manager mm. um, and be no better off. That'd be my concern um, if if we got rid of Carl Robinson. I get some of the uh, you know he's, he's he's chalk and cheese and he's um, you know some people love him, some people hate him. Um, but I'm really struggling to find who we'd get. Mm-hmm. And I'd be worried. No, let me rephrase it. I'd be worried who we'd get. Yeah. Now, Ryan Tate had tweeted in asking the same question, really, whether you'd uh, give him a go uh, with transfer funds. And I'd say that, that vote that, that, that Red and White did on, on Twitter did, did get you know, 50 or 59%, I think it was, saying yes. Now, Will Bolland said, uh, with all the doom and gloom about yesterday's performance, uh, you've got to remember that it's always darkest before the dawn mm-hmm. and to keep the, <laughs> to keep Let's the hope faith. Let's hope so. Let's yeah. hope so. Uh, F. James, good evening, chaps. Disaster, no hope, dismay. Apart from that, I still believe we will make the playoffs. Yesterday, we lost the plot, uh, but we are not that bad in reality. Carl Robinson has the spirit to rise uh, to raise the Phoenix. Mine's a double scotch, please. <laughs> uh, oh, I can't really think about alcohol after, after my consumption last night. <laughs> I'll, I'll think about it for you. Yeah. Uh, London Inagiza said, "I'd love the players to take Robinson up on this." And now he's, he's referring to the bit at the end <laughs> yeah. when when Carl went literally. I mean, people have likened him to David Brent throughout the season. I mean, he literally stole that sketch where he, David Brent's gone to do that motivational speak, and he opens the door. So go on, get out. I've opened the door for you. And the cleaner leans in and goes, "What have you done in there?" That's what Carl was doing when he suggested that if the players don't want to be here, then they've got to get out. They'll still get paid. Um, but uh, but he doesn't want them here. So I just wonder was if if there was someone in that dressing room after the game. I don't know, but why why that comment came out? I mean, was there someone in that dressing room who's moping, who, who doesn't feel like that we're going to turn this form around? I'm trying to struggle to think. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't necessarily th- immediately think of anybody with that sort of character uh, in the squad. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, not anymore. I think there might have, there might have been one time, but I don't think there's too many in there at the moment that would that you would think would uh, be the uh, sort of player to get a strop. You know, or is it just a is it just a case of just giving him a kick up the bum from for Tuesday and just say you know you do you really want it you know is it put, is he putting it on their toes and saying right how much do you want it then it could be a reverse psychology thing 
I don't know, but they need something. They need some sort of. Interest. So basically, we could have the under twenty three side out there on, uh, on Tuesday night. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like it. Uh, right, Stephen Jones uh, says, uh, "Do you think the players were affected by what was said in the newspaper this week with the no. video?" Now, of course, we talked about this on, on Thursday show and on our Love Sports show on uh, on Tuesday evening, which will be returning to Love Sport uh, tomorrow evening. By the way, Monday evening is going to be our normal slot. Uh, so we'll, we'll look out for that for the links on Twitter for tomorrow's Love Sports show. I was really uh, really enjoyed doing it last week, so I'm looking forward to listening to Tom and Nathan on that tomorrow. And now, obviously, like we've, we've seen that video. Like I said, we talked about it on Thursday. There was it was a bit very embarrassing for the club. A little bit of uh, race, uh, racist language used within it. Players have been uh, disciplined. Players have apologised. Do you think it can affect their performance? Do you no. think jo- as no. Josh McGuinness was stepping up, he's thinking, "I hope I don't bag- be baggy here." Or something? No, I no. think uh, the, the date that it happened was a good while ago. Mm. Uh, we know that for a fact. We know when it when it happened. If it was going to affect anybody, then it would have affected them at the time, mm. uh, and would have been dealt with at the time. I'm not being funny, but uh, I'm not sure. Uh, like him, I love him. I'm not sure I'd get on the wrong side of Josh McInnes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think if he thought, and and I happen to know, uh, and I'm not going to tell you what, how. Uh, it's not fair for here, and it's not right. But uh, I know that it wasn't taken in offence by the, the the people in question. Mm. Thank you, thank you. Right, Phil Chapman, there's a BBC 606 video going around with West Ham fans moaning that they're being treated as customers, not fans. Anyone who saw Match of the Day yesterday would have seen the scenes were so similar to what we had at the Brighton game here when the fans protested in front of the director's box here at the Valley a couple of seasons ago. If only they'd had a sofa. Yeah, <laughs> probably do, to be fair. It's a pretty plush stadium. <laughs> right, Valley Floyd Fred says, we've got. Uh, Carl said, we've got to start winning. He's been saying that for ages and nothing is changing. We aren't winning. Uh, Neil Sutton said, uh, "I asked where did it all go wrong yesterday. He said easy. It was it was the four five one, which is of course the four two three one that we play now." Tim Jackson from Kai Kai's first interview it was clear he doesn't get Charlton. It was all about a promotion for his CV. He was only here to look good himself. It's showing in his performances. No tracking back. Lazy, selfish, uninterested, not playing for the team. Send him back now, please. I mean. Yeah, for all the excitement we had with Kai Kai coming here, the, it did feel a little bit of the because I think Shrewsbury went back in for him, if I remember right, or, or some teams went back in for him. But part of the reason he chose to come here is because we're in London, same as his his own club, Crystal Palace. Now, I mean, that I have to admit, when I read that, I didn't think, oh, great. I mean, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I go to the local supermarket because it's next door. Yeah. Well, this goes back. I mean, this goes back to what I said tweeted to you when you were on that uh, the, the sport um, show. Love sport. Um, if we employed players for their intelligence, then we'd only have about half a dozen at the club. Mm. Um, it's uh, so it wasn't the cleverest thing to say. And he, from where he's come from, he had to be Lionel Messi, didn't he? I mean, he had to be just the best thing since sliced bread to to, to be able to, um, to to perform here. Mm. Uh, and sadly, he hasn't been. So he's always going to get some stick. And the same with Zyro in terms of that. Before he came, he barely played any football. This True, season. but he's not. He didn't come from that side of London, did he? <laughs> or that side of Surrey, yeah. should I say? So uh, the, he's probably got a lot more. Uh, slack and leeway because of uh, not being from where yeah. uh, Kai and, Kai and, is. and Kai Kai now has had a lot more minutes than Zyra has and hasn't really picked up in the way for example I mean, it's, it's a 25 minute spell we saw yesterday from Zyra but like I say he, he played really well yesterday and uh, uh, hopefully in contention for a, for a start on Tuesday now uh, Richard Justin in, on that point exactly says could Zyra change our season is he better than what we have well he signed he said he's another dimension isn't he he's an um He's obviously got a li- he's got some pace and he's, he's obviously got a shot on him. Um, he can also play wide and cut in and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's, it remains to be seen, doesn't it? Really, because I mean, he's only he's, he's only going to change our season if he plays, you know. And he's 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 come on. He played well yesterday, as according to the reports, and he scored. So 
we've got to give him a go. Whether you, whether we play both of them up there, I don't know. But he's got he's, for him to change us. He's got to play. Um, and I think obviously it should be he should be given a go soon, sooner rather than late. But otherwise, we ain't got long left. Yeah, uh, Nathan uh, tweeted in saying we want to go back to basics and play the four four two. And then Bob Liskam is the first one who sent over a potential lineup for uh, Tuesday. He sent it in no particular order, so now I'm going to try and put this into a formation. Right, I've gone for Amos in goal. That seems wise. Then his back four appears to be Lennon, Bauer, Pearson, Konza. So I think Lennon and, and Konza in the full back positions. Uh, defensive midfield: Forster, Kasky, and I'm guessing a Rebo because then you've got Marshall, Fosu, and Reeves uh, in the attacking three with Zyro up top. I mean. Do you like the the idea of that, Nath? I can, I can see you scribbling. Oh, oh Nath's doing yeah. his own uh, yeah. his, his own formation. I've got, my, I've, like got, a, I've got a defensive and and uh, an away three three five two and an away three. Uh, he's got home. about twenty five names on here, yeah. so I think he's, he's definitely edging so his bets. Yeah, I'm just trying to find place for <laughs> Roland on here at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to have a keeper as well, don't you? Yeah, Angus is in there. But, yeah, no, it's, it's an option. I, I, I said earlier, I think we need to change something. I, I think when we play when we play really well, you know, I think sometimes we're untouchable. But I think when teams put on our toes and press us, we have no... I don't think we have a clue how to deal with it. Mm. I really don't. I just think a lot of the time, especially at home, I find us so predictable... And I think other teams know exactly how we're going to play. And, and, I, and I agree with you 100%. And I mm. think the reason for that is because we've got... What is it? I, mean, I keep forgetting what a formation is, by the way. But it's that 4-2-3-1, four, four, two, two, three, one. Three, one, right? Yeah. Well, the three are almost certainly always up there with McGuinness. Well, certainly two of them are. That's the idea, yeah. Right, yeah, mm. but that's fine when you're attacking. But then when you're defending, it means you've only got two men in midfield, which means you're going to be overrun every single time. And that's what's been happening. We, we're just we're not strong enough in midfield because pure numbers game more than anything else. Mm. So what they say is, I mean, I think I can't remember what manager it was. He said, "With uh, we've got that formation, and then the, the, the four, the two uh, fullbacks, bomb forward in support and leave huge holes behind, and all they got to do is exploit it. Mm. And and that's I think that's happened time and time again. So." I don't. I, I just. Well, I don't like it because I don't see it working. If, and if um, you know, I think you've got to have, especially in League One, you've just got to have a strong midfield. You're not going to succeed unless you have a strong midfield. Mm. Right. That's all the tweets for now. We've still got plenty of emails and uh, still have on the forum. We, we were talking about uh, earlier. People that you were saying, talking about. Does anyone care anymore? And I saw I disrespond to the forum saying. Uh, I, I said, judging by the amount of emails we we get in, people do still care. We all wish we didn't, but we do. <laughs> uh, and then Silav says, so it's only because we're all ma- uh, mas- masochists. That word masochists. Masochists. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. And love uh, bloody moaning. And we do. Um, I tell you what. Ask the people who are going to uh, um, to Lancashire on Tuesday. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yes, we are masochists. There you go. And there we go. <laughs> and uh, we're going to do some more moaning right after the break here on Charlton Live. Pressure on Britain. Instead, they still have it. does, but they give it away as McGrandles loses out to Kashi. He'll go for goal here. Akme Kashi shoots oh, What a Kashi! Oh, Akme Kashi. What a strike from the Algerian. The way you Welcome back to Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening live on Maritime 
Radio. Looking back at yesterday's 4-1 defeat up at Peterborough, myself, Terry and Nathan here in the studio at the Valley. Um, don't forget, as I said earlier, tomorrow evening on Love Sport Radio, which is uh, lovesportradio.com, uh, or it's also Medium Wave 558, I think, in London, or London DAB. But obviously, if you're outside of London, you can listen uh, online. Uh, will be the Charlton Athletic Fan Show uh, featuring Charlton Live. Tomorrow, it's going to be Nathan Tom in there with Aaron Paul. Uh, and uh, like I said, I really enjoyed doing the show last week. Now, it is a phone-in show. The phone's... Uh, I mean, no one's phoned in yet <laughs> I mean you can tweet in as well but come on I, mean, I know there's I know there's people out there who want to have a rant on there yeah. uh, and uh, I'd love to hear it to be honest so make sure you uh, I'll tweet out the phone number tomorrow uh, for the Love Sports Show get involved have your say because you know you, you hear us talking about it all the time and you're probably bored of us get on get on that phone and have your say uh, about the, the, the running of the club the performances and whatnot. right let's have a look at some more correspondence Phil uh, emailed in said hi chaps I fully understand the restrictions that Robinson has been working under but we're not fools we have a squad more than capable of getting into the playoffs but it's now becoming embarrassing how easy we have become to play against Robinson must take full responsibility for the shambles this season has become he won't be sat because due Chatelet won't want to pay his contract off but new owners must now mean new manager I'm afraid shame I actually like the guy but not as manager of my club and he says PS watching Frank Lampard in match of the day I think we could do a lot worse new owners new manager After, I ain't watched match of the day so I haven't really seen what, what well, Frank Lampard like as a manager or a player yeah, I'm, 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 I'm assuming it's a manager <laughs> oh, right. um, I mean I can't believe I've actually um, is, he, is, he, is he touting himself then I don't know Maybe, I mean okay. I mean, you get a lot of pundits who talk a good game I mean, Gary Neville's a great pundit but he didn't turn out to be a very good manager <laughs> so yeah, it's always, always the, the risk you take uh, there right um Let's have a look at some emails then. Uh, Chris Davin's subject ab- uh, line is abject failure. Says, shocking, truly shocking. 4-1, completely embarrassing. Carl Robertson is a case of the Emperor's new clothes. I really can't believe how there are any fans who support this bloke at our club. He plays uh, wonderful, entertaining football. Well, that's a myth. Uh, the only game I've seen wonderful attacking football was Rotherham away. Um, we can't even work out when he's changing systems a, ra- uh, a, ra- a rare occurrence I know until he tells us post-match there was a poll recently uh, and the majority wanted Robertson to be given a chance under the new owner which was unbelievable if you're not ashamed of our team losing 4-1 today then I give up uh, if you forget about the network managers has there been a worse Charlton manager in living memory Foley, Nelson, <laughs> Bailey, Lawrence, Kirbishley, Powell, Parkinson all better uh, Mullery uh, and Dowie on, on par Crags Reed don't count as they weren't here long enough in the job and Pardew uh, is a bad word so don't include him the uh, sooner the takeover happens and we get rid of Robinson and his players the better Terry I mean you would have seen us playing under all those managers <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Uh, uh, yes is the simple answer well actually although to be fair the, the more recent ones are the ones that are uh, um, would you call um, your best mate a network manager probably not or Russell say well, no, Russell yeah. uh, I was going to say Carol Fry then. <laughs> uh, so I'd, I'd lump him in there and look uh, as I said before you know it's um, uh, we'd all I think we all if we, if you ask most Charlton fans uh, who they'd want as manager now uh, or in the past Four years, I think most people would still say you'd, you'd, we'd still want Chris Powley. Yeah. Um, sadly, that's unlikely at the moment, um, unless something drastic goes uh, at South End. Well, I can reveal that Chris Powell is returning to the Valley on Thursday, yes, by the way, for the uh, Down Memory Lane event. I think there's probably still tickets available. I think they're 15 quid ahead. Uh, we spoke to Keith Peacock on Thursday's show about the event. It sounds like it's going to be really interesting. Uh, so you're going to hear from, I think it's, uh, so you've got Lenny Lawrence, uh, Steve Grit, Roger Alwyn, and. Uh, Chris Powell will be doing the Q&A but there's going to be plenty of other legends walking around it's going to be a really 
uh, small, you know, uh, intimate event. So you're going to be able to have you get a free drink with your 15 pounds as well. Obviously, all the money is for the trust and for Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, and in that event, you can have your Q and A. You can walk around with all these all these players, have photos, ask questions, and whatnot. It sounds like it's going to be really good. So uh, worth worth coming down to. That's this Thursday coming up here at the Valley. Right, this email comes in from Peter Beeling. Uh, he says, "Oh dear, <laughs> it's the hope that kills you, but not for the first time. The lack of ambition from the owner left us uh, paper thin squad." supplemented by loans and kids and once again we've been found seriously wanting our current form is very poor we're 18th in the current form table and we look as though the playoffs are now out of reach uh, whoever takes over the club needs some major investment into the playing staff a permanent goalkeeper and an injury free centre-half a combative midfield player and a couple of forwards who can score goals without which we will have to uh, outmuscle the likes of Sunderland and Birmingham next season I fear the stay in this division could be a long one uh, but he says great show and he also loved our new show on, on uh, Love Sports so thanks for your email there uh, Peter I mean he, he said he did say like the, the playoffs are out of reach I mean the, the ridiculous thing is as we've mentioned with our dreadful form they're not out of they're reach not, yet no. because the rest of the league one's just as bad as we've been recently it seems yeah and I think again it adds to that frustration but you know you look at the way we capitulated yesterday and you'd have to think no we're not going to do it but then as I said before you hark back to a few other other games in the last sort of six weeks uh, the MK Dons under Warsaw one. Actually, yes, we probably will. So, I mean, we have to win on Tuesday. I think um, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, although when we don't win, I'll be saying we have to <laughs> Still win. Possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for your email there, Peter. Right, next one comes in from Dan Farmer. Said tried. Uh, said uh, about Robinson. Tried giving him a chance, but I've had enough of the same old Robinson. This geezer, uh, the same old rubbish. Sorry, this geezer comes out with week in, week out. Make the playoffs or not, I want him gone he's shown by results that he's clearly not capable of a promotion push five wins since October is embarrassing any other manager would have gone uh, but we all know Roland doesn't give a damn what happens uh, anymore each to their own opinion but mine is clear Robinson now uh, out now or end of season and let's start fresh with new owners and a manager uh, and, and his Dan signs off his email saying I'm glad I didn't swear in that <laughs> to you, Dan. I think it's a, it's a decent question actually if um, if there wasn't this um, uh, potential takeover taking place. Would Carl Robinson still be the manager? Well, no. Judging you'd by expect not, yeah, wouldn't you? How, well, how it works under Roland, there's no way a manager would survive this run of form. Mm. That, that's for a fact. Now, I've, I've always said that I think we sack managers too readily, uh, obviously under Roland, and most people have said that. You know, we went for a ridiculous amount of managers. Uh, but I think that like, if if Ronan was still here and Katrine was still here weaving their uh, special brand of magic, then I'd be surprised if Carl hadn't been sacked by this point because of the run we're on, and that's the way we operate. And I wouldn't, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but that was the way we operate. Yeah, and so you'd find it unlikely, wouldn't you? Mm. Which I don't know. It's that's good news, <laughs> which means there is something going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, certainly. Well, we all know there's something going on. Uh, Richard Justin said it was Steve Lovell at Gillingham that spoke about our fullbacks. Yes, we'll that's that, right. Yeah. yeah, correct. Cheers, mate. Uh, earlier on in the uh, in the show, right, Richard Church. Uh, says uh, the state of CAFC hi chaps another depressing day on the pitch how we are still 8th is quite perplexing <laughs> uh, yeah that's the right word for it actually I can't help but think all this takeover talk and the uncertainty around the club is negatively affecting both the playing and the coaching staff I mean you mentioned it earlier Terry I mean you uh, players and manager alike will probably not really know what, what the future will bring for them when a takeover happens yeah you'd like to think it doesn't affect um, either the management um, or the players but 
you know, human nature says it might. I, I mean, at, at my work, there's redundancies in, in, in the offing, possibly in, in, the, in however long in the future, and it does affect you. Mm. And it, it'll be the same for footballers as well. I'd, I'd, you would expect so. And, and, you know, maybe I'm clutching at straws trying to think of reasons why, we're, uh, why we perform like we did uh, or haven't won like we, we haven't. And uh, it may have nothing to do with that. It's just, um, it, uh, you know, I, I can't believe it's a coincidence. Mm. Uh, right, cheers. By the way, um, Alan Mullery, I'd lump in as the worst manager I've ever had. Yeah, so uh, what was he like? I mean, he's before he, my well, time. He, he took over from um, Mike Bailey who, and, and basically took his team and ruined it. Yeah. Effectively. Yeah, how long was he here for? Uh, only the year. Yeah. Before they moved into uh, Guess Where? Salisbury, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, well, obviously, obviously they. Uh, why did the one earth would they sign a manager that did badly? Is it because. Uh, no, I've never quite grasped it. I'm sure there's a reason, but uh, mm. I thought Mike Bailey was one of the. You know, he. Um, it was the time when we had Paul Walsh coming through, um, and I think the only decent thing Alan Murray did at the time was when he first came in, he kept Paul Walsh because there was a lot of talk about him going then because mm. he was he was a star back then. Um, but then went on to be absolute tosh. Always nice to get a history lesson here Sorry. on Channel Life. Thanks for that, tell <laughs> <laughs> Mark Newbury. Boring, so, in other words. <laughs> no, no, generally it's just uh, none, none of the rest of us could provide such insight. Um, <laughs> Because we weren't alive then. He's taken the. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, Mark <laughs> Newbury says, "Stop the repetition, evening chaps. I think my patience is starting to wear as thin as my hair, uh, and that's very thin. I've always what? wanted to support uh, Carl, as I'm not a fan of the so-called quick fix of uh, dump a manager after a few bad results. And we've always said, give him uh, both a preseason and a budget to fill out a squad and see how he does. But he keeps repeating the same mistakes. Yes, his hand has been forced by both injuries to the key men and a squad thinner than Kate Moss." But we still have quality players who seem unable to step up a notch when needed. I'm not blaming the juniors in the team as it's a learning curve, but senior players have to look at themselves. We're running out of games to go again. Uh, and if Robbo doesn't start going to a 4-4-2, we are looking at a mid-table finish just like last year. I can only surmise that the loan of Kai Kai uh, was signed on the gentleman's agreement that we play him in a minimum of games as his form is terrible and not warranting a place starting. For Tuesday, I'd go a Jose and Zyro up front, Fosu and Marshall on the wings, Dick still as the right back with BFG and Pierce uh, as the centre-halves. If uh, if Page is not fit, then Konza at left-back. Uh, but he'll probably go with the same team as Saturday and the cycle will continue. I mean, I mean we'll talk about how, how we'd want to change up. I mean, Mark's given his, his opinion there. I mean, do, do you think... You know, I mean, Carl even mentioned about formations and whatnot in his interview there, and he, he gets he said he he found it a little bit frustrating that the people were sort of questioning it. But I mean, would you change the formation? I, I would. I yes. think I think we've got. I think we're getting stale. Um, but you know, that's no <coughs> disrespect to Carl because obviously he's a fully qualified coach, and I'm not. But I think we need to do something. I, I just think we're getting. We need to. I think I can't remember who tweeted in earlier. I think we're just doing. We'd get found out. We need to change it up, freshen it up, and just have some sort of fresh impetus. It's like a new start because I think we're so predictable sometimes, um, and we need to change something. Mm. Uh, Motley CFC says uh, we're full backs attacking wing backs four three one two Amos Marshall right back uh, Pierce Bauer Saar left back JFC Dixdale Conza Fossil in a free roll Zyro and uh, Jose is how we'd like to go uh, on on Tuesday. Bert Palmer said uh, we need to sack Robertson and bring Curbs in as a caretaker or a permanent. He's on that Love Sport Radio as well. Curbs apparently mm. I haven't heard him yet. But and then uh, Carly. Well, hopefully um, they're not paying him much and he'll he'll, he'll, he'll want yeah. to come. <laughs> uh, I, 
I imagine they're probably not, to be fair, from what I've heard. Um, <laughs> Carl Eburn, uh, not that Carl Eburn, Carl Eburn on the uh, uh, forum says, pity the staff in the Charlton Athletic Finance Office uh, have to sort out 16 players' gardening leave contracts tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> after they decided they don't fancy it. <laughs> right, Freddie Saunders says, it's a broken football club. Good evening, chaps. I've tried my absolute best to stay calm and not jump on Carl Robertson's back, always trying to remind myself uh, Roland Duchasselet and the board is not backing him. But someone mentioned to me some astonishing statistics. Charlton have only won five uh, League One games since October 2017. Charlton have only secured 21 points uh, in the total of their 19 games. That's absolutely atrocious. And it's bang on relegation form. Investment or not with the players we have, that is underperforming. Thank goodness we had a good start, otherwise we'd be flirting with League Two again like last season. I am really getting wound up with the manager being so ideological with his very minor variations of 4-5-1, He's overcomplicating everything. You need to be pragmatic. Think about Sir Chris Powell uh, to succeed at this level. A simple 4-4-2 with a consistent two strikers up front. But despite our dismal run, granted there were some injuries, no changes are made. How are we still in touching distance of the playoffs? I don't know. And you're not the first one to ask that question this evening, Freddie. Uh, he said the club needs to be sold soon. That toxicity and rotting feeling is starting to become unhidden as on-the-pitch performances are beginning to match off-pitch antics. We're a broken football club. A lot of rebuilding and repairing needs to happen. The sooner that starts, the better. I was listening back, actually, when I was doing the highlights of your comms tell, uh, and there was just one little bit, which I didn't I didn't stick in, but you heard... Uh, I didn't swear, did I? No, yeah, I no. just heard Greg say, yeah, we, we all know what this club needs, and it begins with T. Yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed. Very, very subtle yes. there, Greg, no, yeah, absolutely, on the official yeah, no. club communication. I, I remember when he said it, I gave him a wry smile. <laughs> um, and it, there, look, it... it I think probably um, it's symptomatic of, of the club we are at the minute. What, what happened yesterday? Um, you know, it uh, it is what we are at, at the moment, and it's it's not great. And, and we just got to hope that uh, that change comes and comes uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, and then Valley Voice is just the end of saying, "What happens when four four two does not work? Who then gets the blame?" Um, well, Nathan. Yeah, probably me. But I think <laughs> it's worth it's worth. We can, you know, we can't. We've got to try something different. I well, think it's, it's, it can't it's, do the same thing and expect yeah, change. It's the same, you know, isn't got it? To... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. Well, it's broke. Yeah, so well, just to it. change it. Oh, you know, you, I agree. You could even you could still play this four two three one, but instead of this number ten, Dilly and Dallin, you put him further up, so you still have the two high four, two high wingers. Mm. It's just because I don't think we get enough people in and around the box. I mean, Jake for- Forster Cassie used to bomb into the box. I ain't seen him do that for ages now. I've got sort of making late ones. Well, I think um, c- certainly and now with Cassie, yeah, with Cassie injured, yeah. you're not going to see it. No, then, exactly. Mm. But I, I just think it's worth, or even this three, three, five, two, or whatever we've done till. I think it's worth. You've got to try something. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? We don't go up. Well, it's not looking very promising at the moment. I think we might get in there, but with those other teams, I, I can't see us beating any of them three over two legs. Mm. Well, like I said, like, particularly the way, I mean, if, if you get into the playoffs, I mean, mm. even to be involved in the race, and I hate to bring it up, but Millwall last season had some incredible comebacks. Mm. Uh, I mean, they were minutes away from going out of the playoffs last season and scored, scored a couple of late goals in the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we need to show, and we ain't been showing that sort of character recently, particularly in that last 10 minutes. As I said, we fell apart and we, you know, a 2-1 defeat turned into a 4-1 defeat. And that's not that's not the, the minerals you need to show. And that's, it's weird because when, you know, when we... Um, just before the penalty, it looked like we were getting back into it, and Josh Williams missed it, of course. And then they went up and got the second one. And then we got the goal back from Gyro, and again, it looked like we were going to do something. We had uh, Tariq Smith, we had uh, Naby Sars, um, Edward in the six yard box, and you just thought, Rob, the impetus is with us. Mm. We can do this. And it's almost like 
we went well we're going we're getting back in this it don't we don't have to try anymore now we we the impetus yeah. is with us we're going we're going to go on and and we switch off and it's really very strange to watch mm. yeah freddie's just tweeted in as someone's uh, once said insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting uh, different results. David Jarvis says, to be fair to Carl, regarding the 4-4-2 argument, we've only had one centre-forward for the vast majority of the season. He also played 4-3-3 this weekend, not 4-2-3-1, so it does adapt uh, and not get noticed for it. Right, um, this email comes in from Bob, says, even and all, if anyone thinks we have a chance of a playoff place, they are deluded. The table says uh, it's impo- it is possible, but based on recent performances, it ain't going to happen. Carl has to spin it, so it sounds as if he hasn't given up, but he must know it in his heart. Let's look forward to a positive takeover and to a new season when we can all do it again. To those getting on Josh's back, take a step back. Uh, yes, he missed a penalty. Yes, he scored a few goals this season, but he's been told to play all over the place, which was lucky uh, as he did, uh, as he kicked off uh, one off the line early on yesterday. As Josh McGuinness uh, playing in a selfish number nine position will score goals, uh, as did Gyro uh, when he came on. You don't find Gyro defending, so that's down to Cole. Anyone know uh, why we aren't playing Bauer with Pierce, apparently our best pairing? No, simple answer. Um, mm-hmm. Regarding the first bit, isn't um, uh, Josh our leading goal scorer now? I think so, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Eight, I mean, I'm yeah, national, which the return scored, isn't great, yeah. of course, but uh, I'm, I'm sure, pretty sure he's our top scorer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd sort of go along with the... I mean, I quite like Konza at centre-half, and Pearson Konza, I don't mind, but uh, yesterday proved that even that needs... Um, <laughs> probably needs changing, and I'd, I'd be I'd be putting Paddy in there. Yeah. Uh, right, Mark Cox says, so it looks like we're back to square one again. No squad depth, countless scoring chances being missed, and still no sign of a takeover. Furthermore, why are we starting with a player who's hanging up his boots... Uh, at the end of this season. Uh, we've now suffer- suffered heavy defeats against automatic promotion contenders Shrewsbury and fell off playoff contenders uh, Peterborough. Uh, this shows exactly where we're currently at. Even if by some miracle we do manage to scrape into the playoffs, which is now extremely unlikely, we clearly don't have the quality to win them. Any of them Anyone that thinks otherwise is living in cloud cuckoo land. So thanks for your email there, Mark. Right, um, this last one. Uh, is actually comes in from Cap. He sent this during the week, and uh, it's not actually about Charlton, but I don't mind uh, picking it up because it's about one of our local non-league teams. Uh, it's not uh, you know, so everyone knows my my non-league team is Bromley, but uh, a lot of Charlton fans go down to see Dulwich Hamlet play as well, and obviously they've they've been through a very difficult time. Despite on the yeah. pitch, they're doing very well, uh, but obviously they've had some uh, some problems with the owner of their ground, who's effectively forced them out. And I think I saw, they're going to go and ground share with like so, two teams in Mitchell, yeah. which is uh, isn't exactly a, a short hop uh, from from Dulwich. So. Um, he says, uh, hi guys, please give some coverage to the plight of Dulwich Hamlet. Whatever we have been through with Du Chatelet is nothing to the plight of the Hamlet. Uh, in summary, the club is being kept afloat by friends, family and fans after Meadowbank, the owners of the ground, withdrew from their contractual obligations, including uh, paying players wages when they have passed on a tax bill of 125 grand last week and announced the ownership of trademarks for a legal firm uh, required Dulwich Hamlet to no longer use Dulwich Hamlet or derive versions of printed or web-based communications then to add insult to injury Motorbank have announced that with immediate effect that Dulwich Hamlet can no longer play uh, at their long-time home ground and the club have until the 17th of March to find an alternative venue for the next game uh, Hamlet need the wider football community's support in this fight and Charlton fans know this more than anyone else there is a just giving page which I'll, I'll sort the link out for in a minute uh, fans can write to MPs and if they live in Southwark local community leaders Motorbank's activities could happen to any club so finally Rio Ferdinand had offered to buy 
like Hamlet, but Meadowbank said they are not for sale. They just want to run them into the ground. In Charlton, uh, I'm Charlton through and through, but like others in red and white, I have a deep affection for the pink and blue and for football as a whole. That's from Cap Varma, who uh, does say PS uh, Hamlet atop of the Isthmian League, and I was particularly glad when they beat Billericay uh, the other day. <laughs> So uh, thanks for your your email there, Cap. Uh, and uh, wish oh, let's see. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs mm. at Dulwich. I mean, they're, they're they're all glossing it over about uh, oh, it's all about personal attacks on the club and uh, on the owners and the, the the people that own the ground. And Dulwich Hamlet have been abusing the it's nonsense. It's just the fact that the the site's worth about eighty million in residential yeah. homes potentially. That might be the biggest reason that they're uh, that this is happening. Mm. Right, uh, Value Voice. Uh, just finally, here is a message just again saying supporting Charlton has always been like a roller coaster. The fact is. Uh, we were stripped of being active in the transfer market. Robbo was left with Slade's transfer dealings. I would lay money that Josh and a Jose would not have been bought by Robbo. Beggars can't be choosers, so uh, we have to stay strong. Right, uh, Tuesday coming up. Uh, Bob says uh, you can see it win at Blackpool, everyone up for Saturday, and then we'd lose again. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Charlton yeah. way. Yeah, uh, tell you're, you're up there along, yes, along yes, with myself and uh, a couple of other people who. Yeah, that's, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, looking forward to it? That's a difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, come Tuesday, I'll be up for it. Um, if you're asking me now, probably less so. Yesterday, absolutely, probably not. Uh, but come uh, come Tuesday, sort of mid morning, I'll be looking forward to it. Absolutely. Mm. And so, I mean, we need we need to get something up there big time now, because yeah, we, we need we need to make. Uh, before yesterday's game, I said um, that whoever wins that can make a real statement of intent about what their form is going to be for the rest of the season. Two teams who haven't played that well recently. It's funny, I said yeah. to Greg yesterday before the game that uh, I'd, I'd be happy enough if we come away with a draw but a decent performance. Mm-hmm. And and if we'd have come back and, and, and pulled a, a draw out of the hat yesterday with a bit of a spirited fight back after we got back to 2-1, that probably would have been my feeling. But to capitulate like that was the mm. worst worst case scenario. Yeah, and particularly you, you look at Steve Evans coming in, new manager. Uh-huh. I said he, I said he's an impact manager yeah. uh, in terms of obviously you can feel the ground shaking every time he walks. <laughs> yeah. But also also in terms <laughs> of he got, really comic, yeah, he caught a performance yeah. from his team, and that's going to uh, lift them up a lot. And that's a playoff rival that, that that's done that to us. So that's worrying, and it needs to be addressed as soon as possible. And there's no better place to start than up at uh, Bloomfield Road on Tuesday night and uh, any of you who are travelling up to join us to, to watch the Addicts up there hope you have a good journey uh, look forward to seeing you there we hope we get the three points that we desperately need right we've run out of time so very quickly Nathan and Tell thank you for coming in cheers boys cheers mate I've been Louis Mendez this has been Charlton Live uh, on your Sunday evening on Maritime Radio don't forget Monday night we'll be live on Love Sport Radio from 9 o'clock Terry uh, not Terry Nathan and Tom will be there with Aaron Paul to chat all things Charlton make sure you phone in to that show right I hope you've enjoyed this evening thanks for all your emails emails and your tweets and your correspondence we'll see you tomorrow evening ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 